Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, I'm going to turn the uh, mic over to Mark Kennedy because he's chosen the topic for tonight and let him kind of give an overview and then We'll have Christopher jump on board, and then Kevin, and then anybody else that might join us. Go ahead, uh, Mark. Uh, welcome aboard, brother. Okay, I was thinking, I thought of this topic about a week or two ago. It just came to me one Sunday night, and I was thinking, what are the benefits of being a citizen of heaven as opposed to being a citizen of this cursed realm? of earth which is going to be reserved for fire one day and so the benefits of being a citizen of heaven take precedence over and are opposed to being a citizen of this cursed creation Uh, let's see i'm looking at a website bible org and i typed in about being a citizen of heaven. The priority yeah, of uh, uh, let me interject let me interject for a second, Mark. I want to welcome uh Ed aboard as well. Good good afternoon, Ed. Good afternoon. <laughs> hey, uh, we, uh, started, we started about a minute early, so you're you're okay. right on you're right on time. Uh Mark is gonna be kind of leading the discussion tonight about what are the benefits of being a citizen of heaven over this cursed earth? And, you know, there's a lot of different terms for heaven. But go ahead, Mark. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I did mean to interrupt you, but I'm, I, wanted right. to, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to add know that he's in with us. So go ahead, Mark. Okay, so I did a start page search of what are the benefits of being a citizen of heaven. I'm looking at this website called Bible Org. Bible.org website, uh, the priorities of the heavenly citizen, Colossians 3, 15 and 17. We can look that up here. And one little paragraph that says something interesting. The priorities of an earthly citizen are earthly, concerned with only the temporary things of this world. But the priorities of a citizen of a heavenly citizen should be heavenly, concerned primarily with the things of eternal value. In Colossians 3, 1, Paul says to the Colossian believers, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. In the first verse, he gives the foundation for the rest of his teaching in this chapter. The believer's new heavenly position in Christ should have radical effects on their life. And I was also thinking of that other verse. Uh, Kevin, you may be able to remember where it is about where since we died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, 
why as though you still belong to it, do you submit to it? Rule its rules and traditions do not touch. Uh, I, I think that's in Colossians where it says you you observe the meek and beggarly elements of the earth. Yes, go ahead yeah, on I think, that. I, well, I, I think that's in Colossians. Is that right? Anybody? I think so. Yes, I'll look it up real quick. Okay. Let me go to Bible Gateway and see what I can find. Mm-hmm. But yes, I was thinking of that verse also, and that refers to religious traditions, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, because I think it refers to being nailed to the cross at some point there, too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So let me see if I can find that. Uh, so, Kevin, why don't you, you want to talk about that for a minute as to your understanding? Why don't you go ahead for a minute or two and talk about what you understand the benefit well, of okay, what? If I can find the passage in Colossians, that would help because we we could okay. go from there. Let's see, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Or is it? Yeah. yeah. Philippians, Colossians. Go um, eat popcorn. Pardon me? Yeah, does Remember anybody that? have that? Remember that? I haven't found it yet. I'm looking for it. I think it's in, are you referring to, look at Galatians 4, 9 and see if that's uh, what you're talking about. Uh, but now that after you have known God or rather are known of God, how uh-huh. turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements wherein you desire again to be in bondage? Is that what you were? That's, that's good. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Galatians 4. Yes. Yeah. And, of course, that's in reference to the Judaizers, too, trying to put the law on the early Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and then one, one thing I can think of is uh, being a citizen of heaven, we have access to the throne of grace yes. uh, to ask, ask for help and strength in time of need. Um, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, there's so many things that are mm-hmm. ours, ours by our adoption and being a child of God. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, uh, we, have, we, we have contentment, we rest, uh, we have peace within ourselves. You know, there's a verse that says, uh, uh, who, uh, the man whose mind is stayed on thee, mark that man for the, the end of that man is peace. You know, yes. he's just, yeah. Um, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even though we're not residing in heaven, Uh that's really a good point you guys are making. (laughs) Because even though we haven't actually physically uh, been transported to heaven, we Uh have been translated in the kingdom of God's dear son. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and no. we have been we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Ephesians one. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a really good point you're making there, Kevin, is that mm-hmm. you know, we have a we have this 
place that's reserved in heaven for you are kept by the power of God, ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter said, "You know." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to also. I also want to welcome Linda Freeman, who just joined us. Welcome, Linda. Glad to Linda, have welcome. you on board. That verse you mentioned, Kevin, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah 23, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is safe. Yes, yes. Isaiah 26, 3. I'm still trying to find the thing in Colossians. Brother Chris, what do you think the the benefits of heavenly citizenship are? How do you see that? Well, I look at it from first, here we are on this, like you said, sin-cursed earth, which it is, dealing with uh, our three score and ten, all the creepiness, you know, and that goes with getting older and so forth, but the Lord still holds us up. And, uh, you know, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we have that understanding, and and we grow in grace daily, which tends to keep us out of the untoward things of this of this world. But then mm-hmm. when we get we get translated home, well, we don't even see corruption. You know, we're 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 like uh, we're, we're like he is, as it were, and uh, we get to. Uh, but here we, we we see through a, a glass darkly, but then yeah. but face to face. So we're all looking forward to that day. But that's all predicated on your on your subject matter here. So yeah, uh, yeah. I just appreciate the fact that that we have we have a special unction unto ourselves only by the grace and blood shed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I like like what, I like a lot of what Kevin said. We have things that the unbeliever in this world don't have. We have access to the throne of grace Mm -hmm. and help that that can provide when we're going through stressful times in life. And that's to this world, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, for sure. And, and, And some and we're others. told that. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're told that our spirit is already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that, that's why Paul talks about we're waiting for the redemption to wit of our body. See, that's so we to keep in mind that we're there positionally, practically we're waiting to get there in a glorified body. So that's wonderfully encouraging as well. The, there's so much that that the child of God can lay hold of and claim as his own, you know, yes. to keep to keep him, uh, you know, on that narrow straight path. That's wonderful, and all and yeah. all of it is coming from the Father of Heavenly Lights down to us, his his children. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's right. It's wonderful. Yeah. And the world doesn't know because the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. That's well, right, I, exactly. Oh, they yeah. don't. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother Kevin. No, somebody had something. I, 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 I had oh, finished I my. Gonna, I was just going to tell everybody we have a new guest oh, that is joining us, and he's got a different handle, Wacky for oh. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, okay. 
Well, I think we're all a little wacky, but uh, there at least the, at least the, at least everybody out there that kind of listens to us says we're wacky. So welcome, wacky for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Also, Ed, um, why don't you give us your overview about uh, a summary of your thoughts about our heavenly yeah, citizenship? I was just going to ask Ed. Thanks. Yeah. Ray. Yeah, well, I was going to uh, kind of build on what Kevin was saying. I, I think he hit the, I mean, he made a really good point. I think he was referring to Philippians uh, in chapter 3, verse 20, where it says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence uh, uh, also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. So our conversation is, is in heaven. And, Amen. and, and, and what, what does that, what does that mean? And I, I did a word search here. I want, I like Noah Webster's stuff. Um, so I pulled up in the Noah Webster's dictionary conversation, general course of manners, behavior, deportment, especially it respects morals. And then he quotes uh, Philippians one twenty seven. Okay, Uh, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Uh, And then he cites also 1 Peter 1.15, which is uh, called you unto a holy, be holy in all manner of conversation, Uh, keeping company, intimate and familiar acquaintance, etc., etc. So, uh, yeah, that's what our our conversation is um, in heaven, and we look forward uh, to be fashioned like unto uh, his glorious body, which is really a Tremendous thought yeah. when you think, you know, when you think about it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm. That's right. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Now, I found, you know, that's that's good. I want to also welcome. We have another California that's joined us. We now have uh, one, two, three, four Californias, Central Coastal California, and I'm not sure who that is, but welcome aboard as well. And welcome. I was looking, I was looking at the uh, the. In Colossians there, the first chapter of Colossians, there's a reference that's made. It says, um, if I can get this up here, I'm having a little problem with mine. It says, um, since, I'm reading in verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard, before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And he, he goes on and says <clears throat> that uh, we are strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience and long suffering with joy, joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So there's that reference again to uh, what both uh, Kevin and and, and uh, Ed were referring to, that um, that we might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, during being fruitful in every good work. I know mm-hmm. I fall I know I fall far short of that, but yeah, we do yeah. have a hope, and I'm I'm thankful for the hope that we have. Right. Yeah. The hope, the hope world, that lies yeah. within you. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. that Philippians. The, go ahead, Larry. Go ahead. 
I found the scripture in Colossians that I was looking for. Uh-huh. Did you want to bring up the one in Philippians first, Kevin? Well, there's one in Philippians. It's, I think it, it says something to the effect, of whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, dwell on these things. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that, that yeah. Is good. that's good. Yeah, yeah, and we don't always dwell on the things that are of good report or that which is lovely, um, that is- because the sin in us has a fascination for for evil, and yeah. and we 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 uh, consider it and we mull over it and and we find when we do that we're removed from the spiritual light and truth that we otherwise could have. And so we yeah. so we have to we have to run back into the light and knowing that we've been dabbling in the darkness, and, it, and it's incredible. The Holy Spirit does this to us, you know. It's just an incredible, unspeakable gift, as it said. Thank know. God. Yeah, that particular passage that you're referring to is Philippians four eight. Mm. Finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever mm. things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever sure. things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, Philippians 4 8. Yeah. And thank God the Holy Spirit does that to us, brings us back into the light. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Because the, the, the reprobate, he just lets them go on their dark and sinful way. You're right. I did find that scripture in Colossians. It's in Colossians chapter 2, Mm -hmm. verses 21, 22, and 23. So it starts in verse 20 of Colossians chapter 2. If ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Verse 21, taste not, handle not. Verse 22, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. And lastly, verse 23, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will, worship, and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So. That to me speaks a lot of religious traditions and 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 the decisions that people make on what they're gonna do and not do in this world and what laws think they're gonna obey or not obey, but God calls us to obey all of the civil authorities. That's another subject altogether. Anyway. Yeah, this will worship is what these churches today are doing. They're, they're carrying on a service that they imagine is pleasing to God. And, yes. and it's not, it doesn't conform to the New Testament pattern. And, right. and it's, will, it's will worship. And, it, and they'll be corrected in the end if they don't get it in this life. Yes, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. You know, that's something that makes us as believers somewhat fearless you know because all they can do is kill our body here but they can't Uh, touch our soul because we know we know where we're going for all eternity yeah we shouldn't step out of line 
but we should yeah. just have no fear because the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I'm sorry, the, the faith of Jesus Christ that he's mm-hmm. given unto us yeah, has, has made us made us content in this in this walk that's, currently. That's right. Yeah. That's the benefit. Yes, yes. I'm reminded that scripture says, um, fear not those who can only kill the body. Um, something about some mm-hmm. day that those who kill you are thinking that they're offering a service to God, but don't be afraid of them because they can only kill the body. And after they have done this, they can do no more. Something yeah, like that. Sure. We're all yeah. going to die physically anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's why Stephen could have a smile on his face when, when yeah, they threw exactly. stones at him and a killed good him. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Brother yeah, Ron, when I was just recently studying through Acts, the fifth chapter. Uh-huh. And that's the, that's the passage to talk about how that the Jews and the people in the high um, ranks pulled the disciples to, uh, uh, apart and beat them and told them they could not speak any further in the name of Jesus. And, and Peter said, you know, uh, we cannot do anything other than that. You know, right. we, we're obedient to God. We ought to obey God rather than men. And I think Amen. Uh, we're, li- we're living in a time where everybody's concerned about what man's going to say, and they ought, right. to, ought to be thinking about what God has said. Yeah, that's real that's good. Yeah. That's right. Brother Ed, what's your take on those verses in Colossians 2? <laughs> Well, I think that uh, when we're dead in Christ, okay, to the rudiments of the world, uh, yes. that is true. That is absolutely true because how many times have you been faced with things that just upset you to your core about what happens in this world? So, yes. you know, we, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And the world tries to... Uh, it tries to crush people and conform them to the world's way of doing things, but it's yes. impossible for a Christian who has the Holy Spirit in him to be to be conformed and crushed by that because there's a resilience that the Holy Spirit gives us uh, to resist that type of conformance. So we are really pilgrims in a foreign land. Um, yes, we you know, we're, we're looked at as different. We are viewed as... Um, Oh, fools, really, uh, yeah. and fools for Christ's sake. And so the world looks at us as, as fools. Yeah, why, why don't we go along with the program? Uh, because if, if, you, if you look at um, the, the people who have stood up in principle for certain things and suffered persecution, uh, time and time again I've come across that it's because they did not look at this world as being the end-all and be-all of their life that success right. in this world was not their primary uh, concern. Their primary concern uh, is heaven, see? And so yes. when, you're, when you keep your eyes focused on heaven, uh, you have an eternal viewpoint, and the transitory things here in this world are, are less important, although the world thinks they're important. They think it's yes. very strange that you don't just kind of go along with the program. Why don't you just go along with the program? Because there's a bigger because there's a bigger principle. That's why. That's, yeah, that's and, right. Good yeah. point. Um, Real good point. 
Yeah. Go to well college, said. get a decree, chase after money, go for this, yeah. that, the other thing in the world. Yes. <clears throat> yes. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to an audio book right now uh, called Plague, One Scientist in Tepid Search for the uh, Truth About uh, uh, it's, it's Disease or something like that. And it's uh, about Judy Milkovitz, and oh. she, worked, uh, she worked for the CDC, and she ended up getting fired. They arrested her. They threw her in jail to shut her up. And uh-huh. basically, she refused to yield. It would have been so easy for her simply uh-huh. to just roll over, as so many people do, but she refused. And the uh-huh. reason she refused is because she was a Christian and she had it was the principle of the thing. And she mm-hmm. refused to compromise on her principles. And it's okay. really, uh, I'm only on Chapter 3, and, and, I, and I, I, again, I just, I have it on, uh, what do you call it, audio. So when uh-huh. I walk my dog, I listen to it. But it's, it's fascinating. And you see that so many times. And, and I, I many times cheer from the sidelines with people who suffer persecution and the pressure is put on them to compromise. And, you know, I, I, I cheer and pray, do not compromise. It's, the, it's so tempting to, sometimes for the world to get people to just compromise. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's refreshing when they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Just mm. think of the money you'll make. Just give in. Come on. We got yeah. all this for you sitting over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But then what do you have to do? And then you look at yourself 10 or 20 years down the line and it hits you. You sold out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I said, I said about Stephen that they could not, uh, they could not resist the spirit in him that he, you know, he would have the last yeah. word. And in Isaiah, it, Isaiah it says that um, uh, every tongue that rises against you, thou shalt condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. You yeah. know, if we're, if we're speaking righteous judgment, then we, we have the last word and, you know, when yeah. we're dealing with the world. Yeah. Amen. And they, they can't stand that because they want flexibility. They want, you know, things being relative and, and nothing, ab- nothing, uh, Absolute, you know. Right. When we come and sp- yeah. when we speak absolutes to them, they they can't deal with them. Yeah, yeah they can't do. Oh, that's yeah. your. That's no. not my truth. And you right. try to. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. No truth yeah. is truth. Yeah. For every- yeah, that's beautiful. That's right. It's binding on all of us. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's absolutely yeah. authoritative across yeah. Yeah. the whole world. Yeah. yeah. Brother Larry, what's your take on these four verses in, in Colossians 2? Do you see them? Well, I think that they're right on your on target for your subject because I think that we tend to, like you said, oftentimes we we need, the Holy Spirit reminds us, like Ed and like Kevin said, that we're just pilgrims and strangers in this earth. Strangers. And, yeah, and we, I think sometimes we go along and we, you know, we just kind of blend in with what everybody else is doing, and then all yeah. of a sudden you realize you've been sucked in, you know. Right. And so when you when you uh, when the Holy Spirit checks you mm-hmm. and 
you know, there's a, I think there's a scripture in Corinthians, I'd have to look it up, but it talks about veering off course, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like up here, we have a lot of deer, you know? And, man, we have to be careful. I'm looking for deer at dawn because that's when they come out. We have a lot of curves, so I'm looking for deer. Well, sometimes yeah. when I'm looking for deer, I veer off course looking for deer. Okay. No. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's amazing what can get our eyes off of off of the gospel. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we thank the Lord for talks like this that we have on the internet. It's, it's just yeah. wonderful. Yeah. 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 You know, it's 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 interesting too when when we have these discussions. How I mean, think about if any one of us were, for instance, giving a monologue. And all of us were to, the rest of us were to sit on our hands and simply listen, right? And 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 not contribute. How? Right. Uh, and 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 suppose somebody said something that that mm-hmm. was not supported by scripture. What right. what means would there be in the modern church to correct that person, whether well, you call right. a pastor, clergyman, or whatever? And yeah. I'm I'm telling you, it, it is really I've come to the conclusion that mm-hmm. this is the type of model that the church mm-hmm. should be, where there's an open discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. The idea that one person, um, you know, just controls everything. Right, and, right. You know, and, it, it, I, and the example is Steve Anderson uh, this, just this week. Okay, now he's a really smart guy and he's a good speaker and everything, but nobody's there to correct him. I nobody see. was there to... To, to, to contribute and say, well, you know, what about this passage or what about that passage? No, sure. he's not to be corrected. He runs the show. Right. Yeah. He, you know, and yeah, yeah, and that's part of the world system. That's the world system. The church has gone along with the world mm-hmm. systems. They've been doing it for hundreds mm-hmm. of years. I mean, that's yeah. the heathen system where the, you have the great orator, the great yeah. religious leader, the priest, right, right, right. the single clergy. Brother Ed, every every Arminian pastor is that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and, Steve. Oh, I, uh, I would I name? would even I would even go further. Anderson. I would say I would say, Brother Christopher, my experience is uh, almost every pastor is that way, including Sovereign Grace Primitive Baptist and Old School Baptist. Mm. Yeah, it's, but it's you know what, brother, brother, thought, brother, you know. brother Larry, your point's well taken, but. But maybe we're doing something here. Maybe we're a royal, a royal uh, conclave here. Maybe maybe we're doing something that may may light on fire, and uh, people will read the book and realize that the apostles did it the way we're attempting to do it, which is a <laughs> well, good I'll thing. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys have you guys have helped open my eyes. Yeah, I will say that, and I I give great. Uh, uh, credence to what you're saying, and I will say this: that I have invited a lot of pastors on this talk show program, and um, the only time, the only time they'll ever come on is if they're in control. They want out uh, the sure. floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's sad, but hmm. and and this one guy in charge model isn't that all leading up to the preparation for the revealing of the Antichrist also? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I... 
feel to be yeah. true from Scripture that this one guy in charge model, the Antichrist, is going to step into that role. All right. Yeah. I've even had some preachers. I've even had some preachers tell me uh, they don't have anything to say that I don't already know. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. And I, I had one fellow I had one fellow tell me that's not the church. That's that's a that has nothing to do with the church. That's not a local assembly, so it's not the church. I had another person tell me, Well, if I can be a help sometime, I want to be a help. You see what I'm saying? This attitude like yeah. we're the final authority on everything. Oh, yeah, where do they get that? Where do they get that from the Bible? Where do they get this? They they got it from semin- they got it from the seminary. There you yeah, go. They got, right. from, they got it. They got it from the the mother who wanted her each of her sons to be at the right and left hand of Christ. That's oh, beautiful. Wow. Yeah, perfect. Uh-huh. There you go. That's, That's it. That's a good one. Yeah. Go wait, ahead. wait. Repeat that. Ed, repeat that, please. <laughs> slowly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, they, would you repeat that slowly? Yeah, they got it. They got it from the mother of the two children who wanted her, her children to be at the right and left hand of Christ in heaven. There, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's the so that's yeah. the mother of of, of uh, James and John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what so, is that's not my position to grant that or mm-hmm. something like that? That's right, to whom it has already been appointed. In other words, God in his decree has already determined who's going to be mm-hmm. on his right or left side. Yeah. Right, right. that's awesome. That is yeah, awesome. It'll probably who is be the greatest among you should become, the, should become the least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what, what do we have? Those <laughs> who are the greatest among us are become the greatest. I mean, he's up there on a pulpit. He's up there sure. on a podium. He's raised. Uh, he's elevated. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And just the way the church is 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 set up, and I yeah. I, I I'm tell, I it's it's the most. Of, I don't think that there is anybody, including myself. I don't care who it is, who is correct in everything. They can't be in the flesh. Well, no good thing. In the flesh, well, no good thing. And and the, you right. the only way that you can have perfection is by the word of God. And so yeah. you, you have to cling to yeah. that. And there's so many things that I don't know about the word of God, okay? And so I look to other people to help me, okay? I look sure. to the Holy Spirit. I pray. I read the Bible, okay? But mm-hmm. the, the, the idea that one person is going to have all yeah. the answers, that's not the yeah. Christian model. The Christian no, model is about the, the church is, is, is each person is a king and a priest with the Holy Spirit indwelling yeah. in them. They read the Bible. The Bible's inspiration gives inspiration to them. It's by revelation yeah. so they understand it. And then sure. they, you have fellowship and you, you, you build up others. Yeah. But that's and not the model that we what, have. You, that's not well, you that's, know, I, Yeah, go ahead. And the, it's, uh, it's really taken I me think, all these years to, 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 to understand this. Yeah, I think in 1 Corinthians 14, when it talks about the the uh, conduct of the church, it said, let the prophets speak two or three. And I would ask that pastor who wanted to come on and carry the show himself, when would the prophets be speaking two or three, you know, even in his church? What a good point. Yeah. What a good point. Yeah. In fact, yeah. 
doesn't now, happen. Now, where, where is that? Because because that suggests there is not one person speaking. No, well, that, right. goes along, that, that goes along within the mouth of two yeah, or three witnesses. Let everything be established. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's First Corinthians 14. Where, and where it talks about uh, how the church is, when, how is it, brethren, when you come together? Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and, and, yeah. and it, this goes right back to um, mm-hmm. uh, what you were saying with regard to Colossians in, in chapter 2, where it says, um, you know, um, touch not to the... Uh, uh, it says here... Um, Subject to the ordinances uh, after the commandments and doctrines of men. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. and so that's what that's what they're doing. They're, they 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 have these traditions and ordinances of men. This is the way it should be done. Yeah. But when you look at scripture right. and you try to find support for it, it's not there. Right. So the the, well, the structure yeah. of the church is part of those traditions. Yes. Yes. And yeah, you know, because, part of those part yeah. of those traditions, part of those traditions. I've been doing a study. You guys might want to check this out sometime. The requirements uh, in different states uh, for a minister to be licensed. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, it's kind of interesting because you cannot perform a wedding unless you're licensed. Okay? By the state. By the state. Mm -hmm. And so what has happened is a lot of these denominations have used that as a leverage uh, because they'll tell these candidates that are looking to become ordained, you have to get licensed with the state before we can ordain you. Okay? And, And then what happens is it's not a big deal to get licensed. It's not, that's not the issue. But see, the seminaries and the denominations want to make sure that they have these students under their thumb and under the state's thumb before they take them on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, you're going to have to explain this licensing to me. Okay, so a <laughs> it's just, so nobody can be nobody can preside over a wedding. Uh, so the so if there is a wedding that takes place. If the person is not licensed by the state, the wedding cannot happen. Is that a, is that That's how it right? Works? Unless you unless you go to a justice of the peace. But yeah. if you want to have a if you want to have a church wedding and you want to have the minister actually read the vows and all that, he has to be licensed. He has to be registered with the clerk of the of that residing mm-hmm. county and that state. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but here's the thing. If God ordains the wedding, why does why does the state have to ordain it? Yeah, because he always he he always says, and now by the authority granted in me, yeah, by the so and so, I now pronounce the man and you may kiss the bride. Now I have I have two questions. I uh, actually one question is yeah. is that contrary to the Bible, or is that something that is uh, irrelevant to what the Bible says? Well, I think it's becoming more and more relevant, and let me tell you why. 
because of these sodomy laws, okay, if you're licensed with the state mm-hmm. as a as a person who performs matrimony, a homosexual or lesbian or gay, whatever you want to call them, can approach you if they see your license and ask you to marry them. And if mm-hmm. you refuse to do so, and if you're in a state where same-sex marriage is legal, then you're going to be charged with violation of state discrimination laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I can Whoa. see. Yeah, it's pretty so, sad. But, but as far as the Bible is concerned, the, the church is to marry the brothers and sisters in the church. You know, mm-hmm. that that's ideally who we marry, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And and that's, and that's something that takes place within the church. It doesn't need the state's uh, imprimatur. Right. To, oh, wait a minute. See, that, that's, uh, kind of a cross, that's yeah. kind of a crossover to this 501c3 stuff, Ed, because a lot of a lot of churches will say, well, we're not 501c3, but if you go in the pastor's office, you'll see his license hanging up in his office to perform right. weddings. Okay, so right. Right. I think that's somewhat duplicitous to say that they're, you're not a 501c3, and the reason they say they're not, and by the way, most, most churches, 85% of churches are... 501c3 not-for-profit organizations. And we yeah. know that the latest rulings under the ACLU's uh, latest federal lawsuit has brought this to bear that if you are if you are if you are participating in hate speech from the pulpit, and that hate speech could even be speaking against Zionism or any religion, if you're speaking against um uh, if you're speaking against Hinduism or Confucianism or the Baha'i faith, mm-hmm. if you're speaking against it in a derogatory manner, then you're you're practicing hate speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can see that. Yeah. We got a church. Yep. Yeah. We got a church here in Long Beach called First Baptist Church over on Tenth and Pine. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, the city government told them to cool it talking about anti-homosexuality and how the the word of God is against homosexuals and homosexuals won't inherit the kingdom of God and Long Beach City government told them to cool it or they would get yeah, because because they had a family day and they really promoted the uh, the husband and the wife and the children and Everybody. and and they yeah and they didn't include the uh, sodomites so the, the city said you you can't do that. You can't emphasize, you know, just a traditional family without including the the opposite, you know, the alternative, as as we call it. Yeah. That's what. Well, I I actually yeah. I actually heard, and I can't I cannot quote it verbatim, mm. but I heard a speech by Donald Trump when he was campaigning for president, and I'm paraphrasing, but what he said is, we need to come against, we need to have laws that come against anyone that comes against our ally, the state of Israel. That is anti-Semitism, and we need to, we need to have laws to come against that. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, uh, in the most recent disaster that they had in Dallas, my understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that those people who were seeking relief from the state of Texas 
had to sign a form indicating that they would not in any fashion boycott Israel. That's right. In order to receive benefits. Mm. So these laws laws are are coming down the pike. I also know that it is a, uh, there is a federal statute, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's a federal statute that states that if, uh, that it's against the law to, uh, what do you call it, engage in a campaign to boycott Israel. Mm. Yeah, in fact, I I recently heard John Hagee in a message from his pulpit saying, anyone that comes against Israel will be cursed by God, and that means that we should take a stand against those who are coming against Israel. So he's he's actually from the pulpit. He's got an audience of 20 million people throughout the United States. He's right. asking those 20 million people to come against anyone who takes a, a stand against pro-Zionism. Right. That, uh, yeah. that thing that you're well, talking you, about, well, you, yeah. kind of binding resolution agreement or something, yeah. that will grant you this legal outcome that you want in return, in return for your agreement that you won't do thus and so. Some kind mm-hmm. of binding resolution agreement legal yeah. thing. Well, you know, they, Zucker. You know, Zucker on Facebook right. has been has been uh, shutting down a lot of people on there who have made any kind of what would be considered anti-Zionist remarks. He's actually shutting their websites down, their their yeah. Facebook pages down. And so if that if that isn't discrimination, I don't know what it is. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. I shut down town a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, if you the, the only reason I brought oh. this up was that, you know, on this licensing of preachers and so on, you know, this whole the whole scenario that you all were talking about about today's preachers and uh-huh. teachers, and evangelists, and reverence, and doctors of divinity, and masters of divinity, all those people, whatever whatever title they give themselves, they, ha- they have been endorsed, generally 90% of the time they've been endorsed not only by a particular denomination, demonation, but they've also been endorsed by a seminary. A seminary usually sponsors them. Yeah. And so... And so the protocol or rules of decorum, as they call it, right. uh, like for, for an example, in the Southern Baptist Church, you cannot be ordained unless you're licensed, period, okay? Mm-hmm. And you have to have a what they call a sponsoring church, okay? Uh-huh. Well, well, that, that right there sets the standard for what Ed was talking about, this top-down idea. So if I go into any of those churches... Okay, and I listened to a guy talk for an hour and a half, nonstop, uh-huh. and, and, and like Ed said, if I were to raise my hand and say, I have a question, mm-hmm. I would be considered schismatic. Yeah, disruptive, yeah. Yeah. Right. right. That's right. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Larry, because I was waiting for an opportune moment. Uh, and I found your scripture that you were referring to earlier, Kevin, in First Corinthians 
chapter 14, starts in verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. Verse 27, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. Verse 28, but if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. And verse 29, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. And then only a couple more verses. Verse 30, if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Verse 31, for ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. Verse 32, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And lastly, verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was looking on the requirements in Missouri to be licensed uh, as a minister uh, if you want to conduct marriages and stuff. And wow. it says you have, to be, you have to be in good standing with the church and with the state, <laughs> whatever that means. Okay, whatever that means. Well, what what if you view the church the way it's defined in the gospel? That is, it is two or more gathered, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that is the two or more gathered in his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there would be a lot of people would disagree with you on that, you know. Okay, so Uh, I'm willing to discuss that because I think... Michael Smith has done a whole and has done a whole message, several messages on the proper ecclesiastical order of the church. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, the problem is if you take his teachings, his teachings are correct, but there's only one problem. He doesn't bring out all of the other problems that have been added to the church since the New Testament ecclesiastical order meaning requirements for college, requirements for seminary, requirements to be a member of this denomination. Okay, all of those extra criteria to it, that's not a New Testament church. I'm glad you brought that up, Larry, because doesn't that go back to uh, Colossians 2.20, being subject to ordinances? Yes, yes. Mm. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, I think in the church, if a couple want to get married, then the the pastor just gives them counseling and tells them they're married before God and each other. And then the pastor can tell them to go to the state and get get a license. Just, you know, go to the Yeah, Yeah. right. And, And not have anything from a church or a pastor signing any certificate or anything. You know, right. yeah, yeah. We have to keep ourselves separate from the world and what they're doing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Now, what what are you suggesting there? That the 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 pastor would do what? Counsel them? I'm not. Yeah, and, and and if they're married in the fellowship of the believers, then then it's determined whether they're a good match and whether they're 
you know, right, properly relating to one another. And if it's of God's will that they be married, then the pastor can pronounce them married, and then they can go to the the state and get their certificate. Well, I will say this. I will say this according to what I have read. And I'm not. I'm just giving out information because I've done some research on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pastor cannot pronounce anyone married in in almost all states now. He cannot pronounce them married unless he is licensed. Oh, well, well you're, you're right, but see, that's if you want to conform to that. But uh, the, the kind no, of but church. Okay, well, yeah. But the thing is, Kevin, what 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 Larry's saying is, and I think this is the fact: the pastor actually has to sign the license. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, so in well, other words, the marriage license has to be signed by the officiating, uh, the the person now, who officiates the wedding. I think, I think, what, right, I, think right. what, I think what you said is right on. Kevin, I think you just got it reversed. First, they go to mm-hmm. the justice. First, they go to the clerk of the court and the justice okay. of peace. They get okay. the justice of peace. That's that's basically what Rosette and I did when we got yep. married. We went. We first went to the the clerk of the court in Mesa, Arizona. We got our marriage license, and then we got married in the church because we were already officially married anyway. Oh, okay. Well, that's neat. Yeah, I, I can see it going bo- the other way as well. But, you know, yeah. just keep the church out of it. Just, you know, make that determination for the couple. And then mm-hmm. after they recognize they are married by the church and they're they're uh, endorsing it, that then let them go to the state and, and get whatever paperwork they want, not requiring the pastor to supply any uh, written statement or signed signature to anything. You know, yeah, right. I want to re- right. I want to respond to Ed's question about what constitutes the church. I think the real question is what constitutes what constitutes a minister. Because mm. the reason mm. I say that, if you go to Second Timothy chapter one, see, there's a lot of people out there that say you have to be ordained by an elder, you have to be voted in mm. by the members of your church, you have to be, you have to have deacons in your church and all this. This is contrary to what the Apostle Paul taught. Okay, mm-hmm. let's, if you look in in first in Second Timothy chapter one, here's yeah. what Paul here's what Paul says about himself. Okay, Paul says in verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Okay, and he goes on and talks about it's not just his apostleship. Okay, but he says. Uh, <clears throat> He says uh, in verse 11, speaking of Christ, he says, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of of the Gentiles. He was appointed a preacher and a teacher by Jesus Christ, not by an elder, not by a deacon. Remember in another place, Paul said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, so that's right. So, the, this has been brought up to me a lot of times. People say you're not a, you're not a preacher, you're not a pastor, you're not a teacher. I go, I don't have to have any of those titles. But right. God is the God is the one that called me into ministry, and yeah. I don't need your approval or your acceptance. If God called me, I'm appointed by yeah. God. I don't need your acceptance. Yeah, yeah. that's that's beautiful. That's the same mm-hmm. way I feel. Yeah. In Ephesians, it says God gave apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, yeah. and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. 
And and we are sent by God, not by man or by ourselves even. You know, so, yeah. And now the, the saints will recognize us as gifted ones sent to right. better their spiritual life. Yeah. Well, Paul talks about, Paul talks about, you know, it started with his calling, okay? In verse mm-hmm. 9, he said, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works. That right yeah. there, all of this, ordination by man is work-centered. But he, right. he, he didn't call us according to his works, He called, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But he goes on and, and, and he goes from his calling to his appointment as a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. So, yeah. you know, I, right. when people start coming, and I agree with you, Ed, I, I think that the church constitutes See, I and, and by the way, Michael, we've been, we've had a long discussion. He's totally in total disagreement with me on this, by the way. But he he says that the bride of Christ is not synonymous with the church. Okay. Yeah. In other words, a per, a person can be a member of the bride of Christ, but not because his definition of the church is ecclesia, the local assembly. It has to be a local assembly, the called out one. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes no I, sense. I that agree. makes no sense. I don't sense. agree. The bride of Christ I don't agree is with. the church. Pardon me? They're, they're, the bride of Christ is the church. They're, how can he say it's not? Because right. his, his definition is very narrow of the church. See, all these denominations, the reason they have to make such a narrow definition of ecclesia, which is, by mm. the way, the, the you know the Greek term ecclesia, mm. the called out ones, the locus, it's defined as the local assembly. Mm-hmm. That's the way they control the people. Okay. Yes. That's the yes. way they get, they get tithes. That's the way they get them to come under their rules of decorum and subscribe to uh, confessions of faith and you know participate in the in the baptism that they require. And on and on it goes, and where it stops, nobody knows. And so he says, he says your little he says your little uh, talk shoe. You have no you have no accountability. How are you going to how are you going to uh, be an overseer of those people. If sure. they're in error, how are you going to how are you going to discipline them? He talks about first front door discipline, you know? Well they love that discipline stuff. Oh well, how about this? Let's look at let's look at Ephesians chapter five. It says husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Does that not make the church the bride of Christ? Amen. And gave sure. himself sure. for it. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, so how can he how can he say contrary to that? Yeah. Well, because he says that a person can be the bride of Christ, but not be a local, not be a member of a local assembly. In other words, he doesn't deny that everyone on this call is a member of the bride of Christ. They're just right. not a member of a local assembly. Okay, mm-hmm. brother Larry. What? But but yet we are assembled right now. Well, it's like I told him, I said, you know, during the yeah. Apostle Paul's time, they didn't have electronic uh, uh, chat rooms that you can dial up and, and have be in the same room of anybody in the world. I said, that right. wasn't available to them then. I said, you know, we are, what is local? You know, what, if we're all in the same room and we're all conversing, we have more communication amongst us than we do in Joplin when we've got eight. Nine, ten people there, 
and one person up talking for two hours, okay? There's no communication, and we're talking all around the world. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, what surprised me was that because Michael couldn't be there because of his injury, n- nobody was there, and that's that's well, how it is. He asked me. He asked me a week or so ago if uh-huh. I was willing to if I was willing to uh, you know fill in for him. But oh, I think okay. he thought I, thought, I don't know this, but I think he probably caught a lot of flack from a couple other members. Because they don't uh, consider me, they don't consider, because I'm uh, not officially a member uh, of their church. I haven't been baptized. Uh, oh, church. I see, I see. Okay, well, that's and their so limitation. I a lot of flack over it. Yeah, and, right. Oh, okay. And he does, you know, and because he was, again, ordained by those people. The, oh, yeah, this, yeah, This okay. person's husband was the one that ordained him. Yeah, and I get so it. And so he would be, he, then he would be out on his ears, see. Yeah, I and see. So it, I, it all gets back to this control issue, and I, I'm very open about it because these two I people know, right. have never, never come down here and fellowship with me at Pineville, but I go up no. there on a on a weekly basis and fellowship and support that body. Sure, and so sure. it's very duplicitous, and and I'm frankly get and and I'm being very open and honest and transparent. I'm frankly getting my belly. Right. Okay, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. He, so they he, have he came not, down. They have, yeah, he did. He came down. You in on the. No, go ahead, go ahead. Ed. They have not let you in on the like, the secret handshake. The you know, so <laughs> you you can fellowship. With well, them, you know, it's like but, you know, he but can, you're not officially on the wall. Michael can say, "Is it you, brethren? Do you have anything to say?" You know, you can say something, but you you know if you have liberty or not. Okay, right, I right, mean, right. And, and when he says. Larry, do you have a few words to say? Okay. In other words, limit what you're going to say, you know. But yet, when I have him come down here and speak, I say take all the time you need. And he does. The last time he was here, he took two hours, okay. And I I tried to be be charitable. I'm just pointing out that there's a lack of, it's just like his thing, there's a lack of reciprocity among these people, they are little. They are so used to being little popes that they don't yes, know yes. any other way to operate. No, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, that's right because what's going on here is you can put a kibosh on all of this right now by going to the scriptures where Jesus yeah. said, "If there's two or three gathered in my name, I am there." Amen. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. That's sir. right. Yeah, he's, Jesus is as much with us as he is with any other assembly. It, yeah, it doesn't perhaps have to, more it, so. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, there's that's more right. freedom here. More freedom. Le- liberty. Yes. That's that's right. That's right. Larry, I will say I will say that that Michael did a, and he'll probably get chastised for it, but he did put a link to my website, my sermon audio website, on his website. And anyone that wants to listen to Larry's sermons, you can go and listen to him. He's got some good sermons on his website. So he did do that. But again, the the thing, and I see some movement with Michael. I think he sees, but the problem is he he wants to have one foot in organized religion and right. one foot outside of it, and you can't—you've got to be one place or the other. No, that, right. that's right. That's right. Well, he's young yet. That's the way I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got a good spirit. I like Michael. Well, if yeah. he's young, then and and he should have no business uh, being in the pulpit 
Yeah, right. Nobody he's, has he's, any he's, he's, being in the pulpit. He, he's a novice. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, but you tell my, if you tell Michael he's a novice, he's not going to buy it. <laughs> How old is he? How old is he? Oh, I don't well, know. Here's, the, here's the problem. We know that... Late. We know that just chronicle age alone doesn't mm. bring spiritual maturity. I've I've known I know, people that, I know. No, you know, right. I've known people that are very spiritual mature that are thirty, forty years old and I've known yeah, people right, that are right. in their eighties that have no spiritual maturity. Yeah. So, no, that's right. That's no, right. I, I hear what you say, Dan, but you know yeah. I, I do think that we all have this element of pride in yeah. self righteousness mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, you know, yeah. whenever we see it in other people, it's probably because we have it in ourselves. And Amen. so I, lo- I love Brother Michael, but I don't agree with his philosophy. And he was brought up in the Southern Baptist movement. His grandfather was a Southern Baptist. He had to resign because he started preaching sovereign grace. And he, mm. went, he, ended, up, he ended up in this fellowship. But the challenge is, uh, just like Luther held on to some uh, of his Catholicism and Calvin held on to you know, Michael's held on to some of his Southern Baptist protocol, you know? Right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and who's there to correct him? That's the thing. Well, I try to. <laughs> well, but, 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 but he's probably the, the, the daughter, church, I think, right? I think the daughter's there to correct him. The, the daughter of the, the wife of the pastor that passed away. Well, right? what happens is if she's in disagreement with something, she just doesn't show up for a couple Sundays, you know? Oh, I oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Mary. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, hey by the way, I was gonna ask I was gonna ask you guys, um, Kevin and Gary and Mark, how was your experience Sunday? <laughs> well, G- Gary and I went. Uh, Mark oh. didn't show up, but that he has reasons for that. But I went to the service, and they were having a graduation time for the Sunday school classes that were moving up to another grade. And I, and I saw the people there that I knew 25 years ago that, that were still there, and they have a strong leadership role in the church. They, they're teaching the five points. Uh, okay. I, was very, I was very pleased by what I saw there. And and, right. and and one of the elders that I knew at the time when I was there, who was very proud, he's been reduced somewhat. He lost his job. His wife is the breadwinner now in the family. But I liked his spirit. He, the, the Lord wonderfully brought him down. And wow. uh, so I liked what I saw there. But yeah. Gary and I discussed it, and we realized our place is downtown here. Uh, with the whole, <laughs> It, because that's that's all family up there, and it's all one generation following another one. It's just, it's just beautiful well, to watch also, it. Well, also what I have learned in my association with, you know, and I, I don't mean to try to put everything under an umbrella, but having been involved with the Presbyterian movement, the Reform movement, uh, mm. they they are adamant about this um uh, infant baptism and this covenant salvation and this line yeah, of generation. Yeah. And what right, happens yeah, is yeah. they mm-hmm. teach the five points of Calvinism, but when, uh-huh. but they, they are very distinctive about, and they say it's not baptismal regeneration, but it is because mm-hmm. if you if you look if you look at their theology around baptism, they mm-hmm. always talk, I've talked to some of the young people, and they'll mm-hmm. say, well, 
I revert back to my baptism. You know? Oh, okay. And, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Because they were baptized yeah. as little kids, yeah. you know? Right. Now, they believe their children that are baptized are covenant children. Now, yeah. that, that may, they, they may be covenant in the local assembly that they're in, you know, but as far as the covenant of redemption, who knows if they're in that or not, you know? Right. It, well, no, you know, it, it was, it's amazing because we were, we had become members of this Reformed Presbyterian Church. This was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had what they call communicant members and yes. just members. We were members, but we weren't communicant members. Communicant mm-hmm. members were those who had been brought up in the church and mm-hmm. their children had been baptized as infants. Okay. Yeah. That's a pride in ancestry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it had no place in the church, right? Brother Larry. Brother Larry, can you hear me? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to, since we were talking about preachers for a while, uh, I wanted to read a couple things. Kevin gave me this article back in 2012. Just wanted to read a couple articles, and then we'll summarize since time is getting... But, yeah, uh, I noticed we, we've gone over time, so yeah, let's bring it to a conclusion. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, Kevin gave me this article back in 2012, Preachers Today versus Preachers of Old. Number one, preachers of today are licensed and ordained by the church, and men of old were ordained and by God. Uh, number yeah. two, preachers today go forth armed with degrees, and credentials, men of old, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, preachers today, number three, are questioned by committees and hired to preach what the church believes. And men of old came preaching, thus saith the Lord. So that's just a couple items from that. But anyway, all right. Well, this has been a wonderful time. We've gone about 10 minutes over an hour. But I just wanted to summarize the the three main benefits that I see, well, three or four, you know, we have access to the throne of grace. <laughs> we have supernatural guidance coming from heaven above. We have supernatural empowerment. We have a hope that the world doesn't have. And so those are the some of the main benefits that I see of being a citizen of heaven. And they take precedence over this cursed creation. And we are strangers in a strange land going through on our journey through this strange world unto a better place, like Pilgrim in Paul Bunyan's classic work, Pilgrim's Progress. And so at this time, I'll open it up for any final thoughts. If anybody has final thoughts, Kevin, any final thoughts? Uh, you, did, you did a good job, Mark. Uh, thank you for sharing what you did. Well, and thank Larry, you. and I'll send you a copy, Larry, of uh, Robert Basham's uh, substitution Great. piece. Great. Yeah, we can we, we can share that and read it before our class Wednesday night. Yeah. Great. Great. And I'll make sure we get that announcement out. And it's going to be on substitution, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I want to thank I want to thank everybody for coming on tonight. We've had a really good group. Uh, we've had, uh, and so I want to thank everybody. And um, I, 
I do think you you had a your particular subject brought out a lot of things, Mark. So I want to thank you. That was really oh, good. Thank you, Larry. And Brother Chris, did you have any final thoughts? Oh no, I'm full. Thank you, brother. Okay, brother Ed, any final thoughts? No, I think we've pretty much completed, uh, you know, the uh, the task. The, okay, right. brother Larry, any final thoughts? Well, I just want to thank you, and I want to thank everybody, and I um, I hope that I didn't become too animated in my discussion tonight about this. Uh, we we talked about what this issue on the church and this top-down thing, and it's just so prevalent that it, it just is continuing on, and so I don't mean to belabor that, so I apologize if I have belabored it, but uh, thanks again, and uh, you thanks, got everybody. It. Okay, right. well, good night, good night, everyone. God bless. All right, we'll, we'll plan on seeing you. If, if not Wednesday night, we will be back on again next Monday night, so good night, okay. All right. All right. Good night. Good night. Okay. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.